All right, it's good to have you here tonight, and uh, we're going to continue some thoughts on how to witness or win people to the Lord, and we see some examples in the Bible of people doing this, and uh, let's take our Bibles here tonight, we'll be turning over to Acts chapter 16, if we could here tonight. Acts chapter 16, we'll be covering some thoughts from Acts chapter 16, but we'll begin in Acts chapter 15 here tonight. Uh, we've been looking at some thoughts on how people sowed the gospel message, and we looked at last week how Peter took the role of a truthful sower as he spoke peace by Jesus Christ to Cornelius. He spoke about the judgment of God to Cornelius. He spoke about a need for the remission of sin to Cornelius, and after he had been saved, he baptized Cornelius. And so uh, we've seen that in Acts chapter 10, but tonight we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 15. I'll start in Acts chapter 15 and go into Acts chapter 16 as we consider here tonight how Paul and his company reached out to Lydia. We look at how Paul and his company reached out to Lydia. Acts chapter 15, verse number 39. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Then came they to Derbe and to Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed. But his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were in Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go with, uh, forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep. And they ordained of the apostles and elders which were in Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they had come to Mysia, they say to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night and there stood a man of Macedonia and, and, and prayed, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to uh, Samanthraca, and the next day to Nicopolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of the part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in the city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by the riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women that resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended on those things which were spoken by Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged us to be faithful to the Lord, come unto my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Let's read verse number 40, same chapter. And they went out of the prison and entered in the house of Lydia. 
And when they had seen the brethren, they, com uh, they comforted them and departed. Tonight, I'd like to look at how Paul and his company reached Lydia. Let's pray as we consider this thought from the Bible. Father, thank you again for your word here today. Thank you for this opportunity to look back into history, Bible history, and also a chance for us to see into how, again, evangelism was done in New Testament times. Help us again to learn again from these examples that we see each week from the Word of God on uh, maybe how we might reach someone else with the gospel. Again, just bless this time again as we consider the Word of God here tonight and uh, help us again to see how Lydia, this woman, was reached. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it's interesting in the Bible, you just see a variety of people being reached with the gospel. You see people like Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews, uh, reached with the gospel message. You see, again, a rich young ruler, again, the presented with the gospel message. You again see uh, different people of different backgrounds reached with the gospel message. Cornelius, a military man, reached with the gospel. Now we see this lady by the name of Lydia that will be reached with the gospel message. But as we look at this account here today, I want us to first of all understand, uh, as we consider this count tonight, they went to a place where people prayed. They went to a place that people prayed. Now, there's a lot we could talk about when it comes to Philippi. There's a lot we could talk about as far as uh, the mission team involved. But I just want us to see, first of all, as we consider this account here tonight, uh, that these men went to a place where people prayed. Verse 13, it says, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Now, I don't know any places outside the city of Valley City where people pray. I don't know people where people pray outside of any city in general. But here in history, we find an unusual place in the Bible where there were people that would gather to pray. And that's where Paul and his company went. Uh, they started out, I believe, as you look at this account here in the Bible, as they come uh, to Macedonia, they come to the city of Philippi, they start in the city. In verse number 12, it says that. And from thence they came to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and the colony, and were in that city abiding certain days. They spent some time in the city. doesn't tell us how long they spent in the city. It seems like they abide, abided in the city, and so they stayed in the city at least for a time uh, to seek to maybe find some people they could reach the gospel with. And it doesn't say anything about whether they reached out or they did anything there. It just says that they abided there in the city for a certain amount of days. It doesn't even tell us what the days were. But it says in verse 13, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted there. And so we see, first of all, here in the Bible, these men go to a place where people prayed. And I don't think it's odd for people, again, to go to a place or to people that pray. Again, I think that would be probably wise on our part to maybe look for people that are religious, maybe that worship and seek. To bring the gospel to them. A Saturday night prayer place. A Saturday day prayer place. Here in verse 13 it mentions on the Sabbath we went out of the city to a place where people prayed. We again see here in the Bible not only a place where people pray. But we see again those that are praying here in this passage of scripture. Who's praying here in this passage of scripture? 
it talks about in verse number uh, 13, we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Women praying. Women praying outside of city. I don't know where the men are. I don't have any clue where they are, but I do see here in the Bible people praying. And you find in the Bible that they first began, again, to believe, seek to reach out to the city. And uh, then they ended up in the, on the riverside, and they went to a place where people prayed. How did they find out this place where people prayed? Maybe they asked. Maybe they asked around. But we find them go to a place where people pray. Paul's manner was to go many times to the religious and bring them, hopefully, to a place where they can understand salvation. People might have an understanding of God. And I believe this woman here had some understanding of God. And on Saturdays, it seems that Paul's manner was often to be in a place, a religious place, to try to reach people with the gospel. Let's just go forward here in the Bible in Acts chapter 17. We see this, Acts 17, verse number 1 through verse number 4. Paul's manner was to go to the religious, and most times he started in the synagogues, and he went and tried to bring the gospel to them. We see this here in Acts chapter 17 as we read on here in the Bible. Let's pick up in verse 1, Acts 17, verse 1. Uh, now when they were passed through Amphoeus and Ampolina, Ampolina, I'm not saying that probably right, uh, they came to Thessalonica, where was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some believed, and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of chief women, not a few, but the Jews, which believe not, move with envy. I just bring you here to Acts chapter 17 to see that, help you to see that Paul's manner was to go to the religious to bring them the gospel message. And sometimes I believe, again, Christians think they're religious, they're never going to listen to you. They're never going to hear from you. But Paul's manner was to seek to reason with those that were religious those that were from his background. It'd be like you or me if you're a first-generation a first generation Christian going back to people of our same background, whatever that religion might be. And for Paul, it was the Jewish faith. And so he went to the synagogues. It says there in verse number one, Thessalonica was in the synagogue of the Jews. It's the synagogue of the Jews. It's not a church. He's in the synagogue of the Jews on a Saturday and uh, what's he doing there? He's opening the scriptures to them, the scriptures that they're supposed to have, believe in, the scriptures they're supposed to follow. And he begins to reason with them and uh, preaches to them that this Jesus, whom they crucified, is Christ. And so we find here, he went to a place where people prayed. But second, I'd like you to see here tonight, he went to a place where God called him to go. We see this in verse number 9. It says, A vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, surely gathered that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel. 
unto them. We see Paul and his company go to where God called them to go. This wasn't a calling just to Paul, but to those that traveled with him. Luke and Silas and Timothy, they were all to be involved with evangelizing Macedonia. Again, going to a place where God would have us to preach. Again, to be led of God on where to go. This is a good thing. And I believe, again, they went to where God would have them to go. And so immediately they began to follow this plan. Verse 11 says, Therefore, loosening from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samanthraca, and the next day to Nicopolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in the city abiding certain days. And so they go to the place that God told them to go. And so they went to, again, a city, a chief city. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're called to maybe come to a, be called to a place like Macedonia, come to Macedonia and help us, it would probably be wise on our part maybe to go to a chief city. I'm not saying you would have to go to a chief city, but that's where he started. And they were in the city, the Bible says, there are certain days. He's being led of God to do this. But he's also being led to lead this city at least for a time here. Verse 13, it says, And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city by Riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake to the women that resorted thither. And so they tried the city first, and I think that probably be wise. I mean, in cities, there's lots of people. There's a lot of people to bring the gospel to. Uh, the city there would have had a lot of Gentile people that needed the gospel. They tried that. Then they went outside the city, and they went to a Riverside. Riverside evangelism. Going to a river to evangelize. Going to the countryside. Ministering outside big cities, outside of town. I believe it should be the goal of everyone to reach people everywhere with the gospel. It's good to see people go where people are gathered. These, again, were gathered, again, to pray. And certainly, again, for a praying people, you should be able to talk to that kind of people. It doesn't matter if it's a Muslim. Doesn't matter if it's a Buddhist, doesn't matter if it's a Catholic or a Lutheran, doesn't matter who it is. But that kind of a people you should be able to talk to about spiritual things. And so we see them uh, go to the place where God told them to go. And again, I believe we should try to go to places where people gather. The Bible mentions there were women that resorted thither. And again, I think it's good for us to try to go to places where people gather together. Acts chapter 17, let's go forward here in the Bible. Look at another passage here as we see Paul and his missionary team travel together to bring the gospel to different places. Uh, they go to Athens now here in Acts chapter 17, verse number 16. And, and Paul's alone there, by the way, at least for a time. Verse 16, it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he seen the whole the city Holy given to all adultery, therefore disputed he in the synagogue of the Jews and with devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. And so here you see Paul doing evangelism. He's doing it with the Jews. He's doing it at the marketplace. Verse number 18, he's going to go to the philosophers. Uh, then certain philosophers of the Epicureans, of the Stoics, encountered him and and some said, what will this babbler say? And others say, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods. And because he preached unto them Jesus. 
and the resurrection. They took him and brought him onto Arapolis, Gus, sorry, uh, saying, uh, May we know what new doctrine whereof thou speakest. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, and we would know, therefore, what these things mean. And so, just want to mention here in the Bible, you find again the pattern of Paul, the pattern of evangelism, uh, the, fa- the pattern of those that seek people when it comes to uh, salvation. They'll go to the religious. They'll go to marketplaces. They'll go to places where people do business. They go to places here in the Bible where maybe they talk about uh, thoughts and things. He went to philosophers. You know, some people would say philosophers. That'd be like going to some university and trying to talk to maybe a professor there. Or trying to talk to someone maybe wrapped up in some false philosophy, some other uh, religion. But he reached out to the philosophers. He reached out to the religious. He reached out to all kinds of different people. He reached out to the idolaters, I believe, of that city. He tried to reach the Jews in Athens. Uh, let's go back to Acts chapter 16. But back in Acts chapter 16, he's, he's reaching out to some praying people. He went to a place where he was called, and the Lord led him where to go. In Acts chapter 16, you see there also in verse number 7, he was led by God on where to go. Again, they tried to do some things in Phrygia and Galatia. They were forbidden the Holy Ghost in verse 6 to preach the word in Asia. And they were come to Mysia and essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And I just want to say this. You know, Paul and Luke and Timothy and Silas didn't say, you know what, we're just going to go anywhere and everywhere. Uh, He was directing them on where to go, and so they would just go where the Spirit told them to go. And uh, in verse number 9, they're told where to go. Go to Macedonia. And they go to Macedonia. And they go to a people that are praying. And they go to a city. And they go to the riverside. I want us to notice thirdly as we consider this reaching out to Lydia. They went to a place and began to carry on a cordial conversation with these ladies there. Acts chapter 16, verse number 13, it says, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake on the women that resorted thither. They sat down with them. They conversed with them. They took time to possibly listen to them. They sat down beside them. There was no preaching. There was no podium. There was no, uh, again, person again standing up like there was in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. They sat down and spake unto them. The word spake comes from the Greek word laleo, which means to talk. They simply began to talk about the things of the Lord. And it appears from what I can see that although there was one main talker, I believe they all were involved with the talk there. Verse 14, it says, And certain women named Lydia, a seller of purple, which worship God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended on those things which were spoken of Paul. She heard us, but heard mainly Paul. And certainly, again, when we're having a conversational or a group type of evangelism, there's a need for, again, people to talk and to, and to speak and to answer questions and to give information. But they, you see there in the Bible, it's Paul, Silas, Timothy. 
and Luke sitting down with some praying women and talking to them. I want us to notice, fourthly, Paul led the conversation as they talked. You see that here in verse number uh, 14, last part of verse. She attended on those things which are spoken by Paul. You know, when you have a conversation, maybe two or three are going out visiting or calling, or uh, maybe you're in a situation where three or four Christian friends are together and you're trying to witness maybe to a relative, a friend, a coworker, or whatever it might be, it's probably good to have one primary talker and Paul was that, at least in this situation. Doesn't mean Silas and Timothy and Luke said nothing, because it does say in the Bible they heard us. But Paul did most of the preaching or teaching that took place there. We see fifthly here in this passage of Scripture, when it comes to Paul and his company reaching out to Lydia, we see Lydia especially listen to the message. They talked to a bunch of women. I don't know if it's a bunch. It's certainly more than one woman. But praying women there. But only notates especially one lady there. At least to begin with here. In verse 14 it says, A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto those things which were spoken of Paul. I don't know. Does it sound like everybody's listening like Lydia is? It doesn't appear to be that way to me. It says, as, as, as Paul spoke these things, a certain woman attended on those things which were spoken of Paul. There might have been a number of women here, a number of praying women, there were a number of People that were religious that prayed together outside the city gathered on Sabbath days to listen to the word of God. And yet it points out here in the Bible, especially that one woman listened. Lydia listened. She attended those things that were spoken of Paul. I'm glad for the Lydias that listen to those things which are spoken of any preacher, any soul winner, any person sharing the gospel. We see here... This certain woman. It's pointed out in the Bible as a certain woman. You'll see again that happen in the Gospels where Jesus in the Gospels will point out to a certain man or certain woman. And I just want to look at the character of Lydia here quickly. She was first of all a businesswoman. This was again, again a businesswoman I believe that had certainly some financial means to her. In verse 14 it says there a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira that worship God. She was a seller of purple. Uh, again, uh, clothing and garment worn by the wealthy and those of royalty were purple in those days. Lydia sold garments that were dyed purple. And according to commentaries and histories, purple dye was laboriously extracted from sea snails. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it's true, Again, we find this lady involved in laborious work to sell garments to the wealthy, to those of royalty. She's doing this in a cheap city, the chief city of Macedonia. And she also prays outside this city. She also has a house in this city. 
but the Bible says she's from Thyatira. I don't know if that's just pointing out where she was originally from, but it does say that, verse number 15. It says, of the city of Thyatira. She was of the city. I don't know if that just means, you know, she grew up in Thyatira, and now she was in, again, this place or not. I don't know. But she was a businesswoman. She was, again, a lady who sold her goods to other people. She laboriously, possibly worked, again, to make a living. And she was in this city, and she was a worshiper of God. Now, someone says, how did she become a worshiper of God? Verse number 14 says she worshiped God. Thyatira wasn't a place where you worship God. You worship idols, and you worship false gods. But she worshiped God. Someone must have told her the truth of the Jewish faith system, and now she worshiped God somewhere along the way. She once more likely worshipped pagan deities, Apollo, Artemis, the false gods, the Greek and Roman gods. And much like Cornelius now, she was praying, she was worshipping God, but she's not yet saved. In verse 14, the Bible says that God opened her heart, whose heart the Lord opened. And for someone to get saved, God's got to open somebody's heart. they got to open someone's mind to the truth. And so this seeker, this open seeker, this seeker who desired to hear the things of the Lord, listened to Paul and listened to these men that came there. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. If someone will just simply listen and try to listen attentively to the things of the Lord and try to seek the truth of the Lord and try to understand what the Bible says about salvation. I believe, and the Bible teaches, that they will find against salvation. They will be blessed of the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 here, and uh, verse number 13, the Bible says this, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. If someone will seek the Lord, with all their heart. Search for him with all their heart. They're going to find the Lord. And I believe, again, Lydia did find the Lord that day. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55. It's important that we're, we teach our children to be listeners and that we be good listeners. This, again, is so important, again, uh, to someone, again, actually receiving the gospel message. It's one thing to hear it, as I believe all these women heard the message but points out specifically that Lydia attended to those things that were spoken by Paul. Isaiah 55 here, verse number 3, listening can lead to the salvation of the soul. You see this here in Isaiah 55, verse 3, Incline your ear, come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live, and I'll make you an everlasting covenant with you, and even with the sure mercies of David. Incline your ear. Come unto me, here, your soul shall live. And so we see Lydia especially listen to those things that were spoken of Paul. Let's go back to our text there in Acts chapter 16. The, the sixth thing I want to point out in this passage of Scripture where you see Paul and his company try to reach Lydia with the gospel message is that Lydia simply believed the message of God that Paul and his company bring to him, bring to her, sorry, uh, verse number 14, it says, Whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended on those things which were spoken of Paul. 
And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Lydia simply believed the message of God that Paul brought. Simple faith led her, I believe, to salvation. What was the message that Paul would speak? What is it that he would speak to anybody that would listen to him at that time? Well, Acts chapter 17 and verse number 2, he would speak to them about the gospel message. This is, again, why they were sent there uh, to Macedonia. And uh, he did this in other places. We see this in Thessalonica. Verse 2, it said, Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath day risen with them out of the scriptures, opening alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. I just want you to notice there in verse number 2, it mentions there that Paul spent three Sabbath days opening the scriptures. I don't believe the conversation that Lydia had with uh, Paul and these men there was, you know, a 10-minute conversation, and all of a sudden after they talked there that she got saved by grace, etc. I believe, that, again, that he had to explain to her, who came from another religious system and had been proselytized in the Jewish system, that now there was a Christ that she must believe in. And he had risen from the dead, and he had suffered, and he had to suffer. And he preached Christ there in the synagogue. He preached. But back there with the women there, he spake. He conversed. And whether you're preaching to someone or you're conversing in a conversation with somebody else, we need to bring the same general message to them. What is that message? Let's turn to Acts chapter 26. The message of Paul really never changed from the time he got saved by grace to the time he understood the gospel and began to travel to different places. He began preaching and teaching right from the start. He was persecuted along the way, was sent out of church to begin to plant churches, was sent along with others, Paul uh, with Silas, Paul with Barnabas, Paul with Timothy, Paul with Luke, on and on it goes, Paul with Titus. Um, you find here in Acts chapter 26, verse number 20, where he explains again how he would reach people with the gospel message. Acts 26, verse 20, it says, And, and showed first unto them at Damascus. Damascus, that's where he first witnessed. And in Jerusalem, he went on to witness there. And he, I believe, again, he was part with the church there. And throughout all the coast of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. So he talked to them about the need to repent and certainly talked to Lydia about the need to repent. And uh, you see in verse number 18 in his testimony on uh, what he did as a minister and witness of God, it says there in verse number 19, it says, to open eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. And so he preached a message of repentance and faith. Everywhere he went, didn't matter where he went. Romans chapter 10, his heart's desire was that the Jew would be saved. And I just want to read through this chapter a little bit here in Romans chapter 10. 
His, his, his desire with the Jew would be saved. His desire with the Gentile would be saved. His desire was though at Athens would be saved. His desire, I believe, again, would be a, any city that he traveled to, any country that he traveled to, the riverside that he was now at, that they would be saved. Romans 10, verse 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. I mean, these ladies would gather there at the riverside on a regular basis, I believe, again, to pray to God there. I would guess there wasn't, again, a synagogue there. Otherwise, Paul would have went there first. It doesn't talk about a synagogue there in this chief city. But uh, he went to where people were that were religious, that had a zeal for God. Certainly Lydia had a zeal for God to some degree before she was saved. Jews can have a zeal for God. Unbelievers can have a zeal for God. But it says there in verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that a man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this why. Say not in thy heart who shall, who shall ascend into heaven, uh, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, or that is, to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And so he would have emphasized the need to believe on Jesus. A need to believe the gospel message. That's why they were there. That's why they traveled. That's why they went to Macedonia. Let's turn back to our text there. In Acts chapter 16, verse number 10, the Bible says, Assuredly gather that the Lord had called us for the preach the gospel unto them of Macedonia. He didn't, again, talk to her necessarily about a lot of different things, but he concentrated, I believe, on the gospel message. And uh, that's what people need to hear. They need to hear the gospel message, a message of grace rather than works. A message of the goodness of God that would give us forgiveness and pardon. That we have a debt that we cannot pay. And he shared that gospel with her. Acts chapter 16, verse number 30. What is it that people need to do to be saved? Did Paul change as he traveled from place to place? Even when he was in the same town, he did not. Here we find a little later there, and we'll look at this, Lord willing, next week. Acts chapter 16, verse number 30 and 31, it says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. How can these people be saved? They must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. I think sometimes we complicate the gospel message. We make it difficult for the hearer to truly understand when it comes to salvation. It's repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that simple. If someone will truly seek to be sorry for their sin 
and they trust and turn to Jesus Christ in faith, they can be saved. Matthew chapter 13 here, verse number 23, we see again the parable of the sower. Notice who gets saved here in the parable of the sower. It says in Matthew 13, verse 23, But he that receiveth seed on the good ground is he that heareth the word. Isn't that what Lydia did? She attended to those things which were spoken of Paul. And understandeth that, which beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Lydia simply believed the message of God through Paul that she must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. She must not trust in her work. She must not trust in her religion. She may be prayerful, and she may be, again, someone who worshiped God, but she was yet not saved. There was no calling for her to recite a sinner's prayer there to be saved, but simply to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. There was no pressure, I believe, by uh, the witnesses there, Paul, to say, hey, you know, if you don't get saved today, you'll never get saved ever. There was no pressure applied there. But she simply attended to those things spoken of Paul. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. I'm going to bring us back here a number of times as we, we talk to people about salvation. And I think it's something, again, I've certainly learned in this study when it comes to dealing with people I believe, again, one of, the, one of the main things we need to, again, emphasize when it comes to uh, people getting saved is they really have to understand they have nothing to pay. You've got nothing you can do to get yourself saved. You've got nothing to pay. You are a debtor to God. You have nothing to pay. You can only depend on the grace of God to get saved. Verse 42, it says here, Luke chapter 7, verse number 42 it says that when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell them, wherefore, which would love him the most? Nothing to play. Two debtors, one owned a lot, one owned a little. Both of them have nothing to pray. To be saved, you've got to understand you have nothing to pay. You must look to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You must look to the blood uh, to cleanse you from sin, you have nothing to pay. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Luke 7, verse 47, it says, Wherefore I say unto her sins, which were many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom is little forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. What saves a person? Faith. Trust. Faith needs to be permanently placed in a position where they see the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient and able to be, able to be saved. And they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Let's turn to Acts chapter 16. There is no need for someone necessarily to recite a sinner's prayer, although, again, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's a heart belief that saves. Man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation, and then one is saved. 
Notice here finally here in Acts chapter 60, Lydia was baptized and showed fruit that she truly was saved. Lydia was baptized and showed fruit that showed that she was saved. Acts chapter 16, verse 15. She attended on those things that were spoken by Paul there, verse number 14. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me faithful to the Lord, come unto my house and abide there. And she constrained us. What do we see in this Lydia? Well, she gets baptized. What do we see this with Lydia? We see that she wants these Christians to spend some time to be in company with her. And she constrains them. It doesn't say how long or anything along that line there. But come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She wants to associate with the people of God. And uh, she again uh, took these, these individuals that she didn't know before they came and met her along that riverside and she, she wanted them to stay with her uh, at least for a time. And I, I believe again there's evidence here of salvation here in her life. She has a desire to know more of the word of God as newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word that they may grow thereby. The Bible talks about the saved will desire to hear the word of God and be taught of the word of God. Acts chapter 2, they continue daily in the word. Acts chapter 16, verse number 40, we also see here Lydia showed herself, and there was fruit that she was saved. Acts chapter 16, verse number 40, it says, And they went out from the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Now, I know we're looking a little bit ahead here in the Bible, but we see Lydia opening her house to a place where the brethren can meet. And uh, again, I believe, again, you see there a desire to be a blessing uh, to gospel labors as she was saved now. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm just about done here tonight. Lydia was baptized after she was believed. Lydia showed fruit after she was saved. And... uh, there's a need, again, for people to be saved, and that's the most important thing, that people would come to the place of saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They would come to a place of conversion and salvation. But after a person's been saved, we see in this last account of Cornelius, in this account of Lydia, that both of these believers followed the Lord in baptism. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 21 the Bible says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth not now also save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we see here in verse 21 that baptism doesn't save, but it is something that gives us a good conscience toward God. And so those, again, that were saved, you see in the Bible, followed the Lord and scriptural baptism, and continued in those things which were spoken of the word of God. And so we end here tonight in looking at what can we do as far as biblical evangelism is concerned. And I'll just mention these seven things in closing here tonight as we look at this passage of scripture. What can we do when it comes to biblical evangelism? Number one, we go to places where people gather, and religious people gather. That's a good thing. We go to places where God calls us to go, just like these men were called to go. We go to places and open up a conversation about the gospel message. It's our responsibility to talk to them 
uh, about the gospel. And we lead in a spiritual conversation. Uh, again, when it comes to the gospel message, Paul led, but these other guys also talked. We listen, and again, we convey the message of God that we must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. And if they do get saved, we help them to follow the Lord in baptism. And uh, as a result, we'll see people seek, uh, again, to help gospel laborers after they have been saved. You see that in Acts chapter 16, verse 40, it says, And they went out from the prison and entered in the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Paul and his company reached Lydia with the gospel message as they went to where the Lord would have them to go. And they sold fruit in the city and then went to the, uh, again, the, the riverside. And as a result, Lydia uh, got saved and was baptized. And she became the first fruits, I believe, there of Philippi. All right, some thoughts there from the Word of God. Let's close here tonight as we consider this passage. Father, thank you, Lord, again for this other account, this, again, count of Paul and his companions that went with him and how they brought the gospel to a people that were Again, praying, and, uh, and a lady that was worshiping, and a lady that was a business lady, and they brought a message of truth to these ladies. And you see, again, uh, Lydia gets saved. You see some of her household gets saved. And uh, I think it should encourage us that if we would just go and we would sow the seed and uh, continue to do the sowing of the seed, that God would allow for some people to be saved through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and through the witness that we might give them. Help us, Lord, to be involved with this, if we can be. And for those maybe who aren't saved here tonight, I pray they would understand uh, that they can be saved. And uh, just like any of these people that we've looked at that have got saved, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Paul and his company, they reached Lydia. And a good thing there in the Bible. And uh, she certainly was helped there to get the ministry started there in Macedonia and Philippi. All right. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you for coming out. You're dismissed. Uh, if you remember, do pray for my brothers. They'll be traveling here um, and arriving tomorrow, and so pray for them as they fly from Alaska to here. I haven't heard from them in a week or so, so I hope they're still on their way. I'm, I'm thinking they will be, but pray for Brian and Bruce, if you would. Um, oldest brother and littlest brother, as we call him, but he's the big brother. All right. Have a good week. You're dismissed.